This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to episode 118. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and... This is Steve. What's up, Steve? Same old man. Just uh, sitting back and enjoying. It was nice to kind of sit back on this one and and recap almost as a listener and get to hear what went on during this event. You know, because I (laughs) I didn't have a lot to interject because I wasn't there with exclusion to one aspect of it. So... Right. It it was nice. Everyone got to see kind of what was going on with it anyways. We got to... Everyone saw the hunt. Yeah, technically, yeah. A lot of people did. <laughs> a lot. A lot more than, than needed to. <laughs> from from a non-hunter's perspective. Yeah, that's right. As you guys will all hear about that in, as the podcast unfolds. Well, man, what have you been up to? How was your holiday? We have just had Christmas. We're working on New Year's. Yeah, we're kind of right on that in between. Christmas was good here. It was nice and quiet. Didn't do a whole lot. Um, mm. It was warm. 70 degree day it was odd but uh other than that can't complain i got a a box full of red vine licorice so (laughs) i got all my tree stand snacks for next year apparently (laughs) that's perfect dude yeah well yeah man it it was great the wife was joking around and so she was laid up at the house sick couldn't go out and get anything and she was she amazoned some uh red vine licorice you know because that's what i was eating while we were in the tree in ohio and she got a thing that said, oh, it's got 12 in it. So she's like, oh, stocking stuffer. What she didn't realize is she bought a box with 12 packs of red vines in it. <laughs> so now I've got a massive box of red vine licorice. You'll so, be handing those things out for the next five years. N- yeah. But it works. Something wrong Can't complain. Yeah. How about you? How'd yours I- go? Things were a little crazy here. Um, we had uh, we had snow. It had snowed um, the night before Christmas Eve here. Um, I was driving home from some buddies. We went and uh, went over to Caddy Cowboys that night um, to spend time with his family, open up gifts, so on and so forth, as we've done in past years. And on the ride home, I realized it was snowing out. And I said to my wife, I says, Michelle, I says, 
what in the world? Like, it's supposed to snow? She says, yeah, I guess. So I look on the thing, and we're supposed to get two inches of snow. And I was like, no way. So it had been cold. So I was like, screw it. So I'm going to get up in the morning, and um, I'm going to go hunting. I was a little hungover, but I got up. It was like 6.30, first light. And uh, I cracked myself into the woods, and it still had been snowing. And um, there was an area that I had been going to that had a ton of deer in it. I jumped a bunch of deer a couple of weeks prior when we had snow. And so I worked in just a little bit different direction. And I came up over the top of the knoll, and I'm looking down. It's kind of like downhill. It's got mountain laurels, real thick. It's an oak flat. And I'm looking down the hill like 80, 100 yards to see if there's any deer bedded down in the oak flat um with the laurels and i look and i look and i look and i see nothing and right in front of me at 30 yards is a big doe and i'm like no way so i i shoulder up the the muzzle loader and i go to cock the hammer and it runs off and it takes off about 80 yards and it turns broadside but it's right it's like three quarters of the way out but not all the way out so i really couldn't get a shoulder shot and she kept like kind of moving and stuff so i just you know 75 yards shot probably and i just gave her the old neck shot and dropped her right in her tracks and that was christmas eve so we had had snow christmas eve so that was kind of cool because i've never a i've never shot a deer with a muzzle loader that i can remember i've definitely shot at deer with a muzzle loader either it hasn't gone off missed or lost it um and I've never snow tracked a deer from the ground. So that was kind of cool. It was kind of a pretty cool Christmas gift for me. And then Christmas morning, I didn't even hunt. Like I w- had planned, I wanted to hunt Christmas morning. But since I shot one on Christmas Eve, um, I didn't end up hunting on Christmas. And it was like rainy and crappy here. It was absolutely disgusting. So just kind of relaxed and spent time with the family. And uh, yeah, just kind of did that. It was kind of quiet. And you know how that goes. Yeah. So it's kind of relaxing. Can't, you know? Honestly, you can't beat that. You know, there's something to say about the holidays when you're running around all over the place and you're seeing everyone and it's go, 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 go. And when it's over, you're like, oh, I'm glad that's done. And yeah. then you get those random holidays where you're just like, wake up, watch some TV, breakfast, open presents, chill, hang out, do whatever. And you're like, wow. It's not always got to be so hectic. Guess I'm lucky. It's so true. Yeah, exactly. Like, like we go to my parents um, in the morning or the afternoon, and we go there and we have dinner or lunch with them, and then we come home, and normally um, the other half of the family is here, so they cook here. So it's nice because they can do whatever they want, and then I just either come down in the studio or I just go to bed, like, whenever. Yeah. I don't have to worry about nothing going anywhere, so it's kind of cool. It's kind of relaxing, play with all my stuff, and get ready for the next day and so i can go out hunting like i did this year i went out and i went coyote hunting so nice whatever something to do i'm getting ready you know we gotta have the 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 squirrel hunting competition that's gonna start here um january 1st for all of you guys if you guys haven't already get on over to our facebook page and kind of get in tune with what's kind of going on um we have our facebook page and then we have the outdoor drive group page um so we're gonna run the whole entire tournament or competition right on there and that's where so you don't have to pre-register for this contest or anything you just want to get on the page pay attention to what's going on and once you 
shoot a squirrel and you enter it, now you're entered into the competition. So there's no pre-registration for that. Just shoot a squirrel, get in on the competition, and every time that you shoot one and you post it, I'm going to have a running tally on a spreadsheet, and then we'll keep track of how many that you shot. So if you have one day that you shot a ton, we'll just mark you on the thing, and the person to shoot the most, um, they will be crowned the king. Um, they will end up with a $100 gift card to Gator, for true timber stuff. And you'll also end up with the, um, the mammoth ivory, um, the mammoth ivory nor'easter game call. So that's kind of cool. And then there's the other category, which is the biggest gray squirrel and the biggest, um, red Fox squirrel. So those two, they will go to getting mounted with from the taxidermy from Brian Anders, the taxidermy shop, over there in Mississippi, and so you guys can ship them out to him, and he'll mount them up for you. And also, you will also both get a um, Nor'easter game call, custom Nor'easter game call from Mark at nor'eastergamecalls.com. But with that, we have now partnered up with Gator. Well, we've already been partnered up with him, but he's going to do something special for us. So the first 50 entries into the scroll competition are going to get 2022 annual squirrel kill t-shirts. Yeah, that's right. So the first 50 people to put in an entry are going to get badass gator kill t-shirts, which I thought was pretty cool. So we'll see what happens there. That That's a pretty cool entry. This Hell whole yeah. thing is kind of blown out of proportion, right? Like it's so <laughs> badass that it's like the squirrel competition. So cool. So, um, with that, so that will start January 1st and it will end on January 31st, right? There's 31 days in January, Steve. I yeah. Hope. Okay. So that will end then. And then February 1st, I'll start talking about it now. Just so you guys are, since you guys are all paying attention, February 1st, we're going to start the coyote competition and the rules will come therefore after. Um, so we got some cool partnerships up with them and some really cool gifts from there. But first off, let's, t- let's think about killing a ton of squirrels and, and, Trevor from Rack Bracket, he, you know what he told me? He says, not only are you going to kill squirrels for the meaning of killing squirrels, but you're going to save a lot of antlers. Ooh, that is a very valid point. Never thought of that, but Trevor brought that to my attention today when I was chit-chatting with him on the phone. He says, you know, you got to sell it as they're saving a lot of antlers for the shed hunter. So I can't agree with him more there. Can't agree with him more. So speaking of um, Rack Bracket, if you guys haven't gone to or bought yet, Rack Bracket, rackbracket.com. Use the promo code OUTDOORDRIVE10. Um, if you guys haven't seen the Rack Bracket, get onto our YouTube page and check it out. It is the most secure European mount bracket to hang on the wall that you've ever seen in your life. You don't have to worry about broken noses. You don't have to worry about anything happening. They hold your euro like no other bracket on the market. Uh, Norrester Game Calls, NorrestergameCalls.com. Go and check those guys out. Uh, Mark does some custom awesomeness with every type of call from A to Z. Now getting into the diaphragm calls. If you guys haven't heard, I'm just dropping that news here right now. New Air Archery, newairarchery.com, the Zeus Broadheads. Um, they are breaking shoulders and smashing hearts since 1969. Latitude Outdoors, latitudeoutdoors.com. They sell the, me- the method and the classic to uh, saddle the most comfortable, quiet saddle on the market. 
No Novix Outdoors, NovixOutdoors.com. Use promo code Outdoor Drive 15 on that one. Save yourself 15%. They make the mini sticks. Uh, Steven just did a phenomenal video that's on our YouTube if you guys want to check those out and see what we did and the build that we had made for them. Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com. Promo code Outdoor Drive 25, man. Get on over there. Get your true timber. Um, help a man out. Go check out his stuff. Be the reason. If you haven't signed up to be the reason, you are definitely missing out on some good stuff. So pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Hell Just yeah. Kind of went with it. We kind of missed our boy, uh, Mike Salter on that one. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's all right. We're mixing things <laughs> up a little bit. And, yeah. and, and I, I was ahead of myself. You know well, what I'm saying? I was going to lead into that because, you know, after this show and I always say it, we always talk about the best content when we turn off the record button. But, right. uh, you know, we touched on a lot of stuff going on in the world, whatnot, but uh, I think we should just go ahead and turn it over right now and uh, let Mikey just do his thing. Bringing you the news for the cruise is our good buddy Mike Salter. Take it away, Mike. Hey, everyone. Uh, as promised a couple weeks ago, I'm going to start this one off with uh, some information on corner crossing. And we'll kick this off in Wyoming and a case that's uh, catching some national attention. In October, four hunters from Missouri pursuing elk and mule deer in southern Wyoming were ticketed for criminal trespass while doing what is called corner crossing. Uh, this is where you have two adjoining public parcels that only touch at a corner uh, along with private property. The Wyoming Game and Fish website states that this activity is not in violation of hunting statutes. Uh, and the hunters even went so far as to use a makeshift stepladder so as not to trespass on private property. In this case, the adjoining private property is a 75,000 acre ranch. The ranch manager became aware of the four hunters um, corner crossing and began watching and following them and repeatedly calling law enforcement on them. The At first, the local game warden um, came out uh, with two sheriff's deputies and told the hunters and the ranch manager there was nothing wrong with what they were doing and left them to their hunt. The next day, a sheriff's deputy arrived and also wouldn't charge the hunters with any wrongdoing. And then finally, a third officer arrived uh, with orders to ticket the hunters, not for hunting without permission, but with criminal trespass, which is a misdemeanor and carries a fine of $750. A court date for the hunters will be set for the spring, and public land users are keeping a watchful eye on this public land issue. Um, any ruling on this issue will only apply to public land access in Wyoming, uh, but could have a trickle-down effect in other states. Uh, the Wyoming chapter of BHA actually set up a GoFundMe page to raise money for the hunters' legal defense, which has already had over 1,400 donors and raised over $63,000. Uh, it will be interesting to see how this plays out, um, considering the you know act of stepping from one public parcel to another um, through a shared corner is a legal gray area and is up for interpretation. Further muddying the waters is the Wyoming Attorney General wrote an opinion on the matter after a case in 2004, stating that corner crossing from one parcel of public land to another in order to hunt on that other parcel uh, depending on the factual situation involved, may not be violative. Because to be convicted, the state requires a person hunt on or intend to hunt on private property without permission. Corner crossing, however, may be criminal trespass. 
So the citations being for criminal trespass will now challenge that 2004 opinion. Uh, the decision could potentially impact 2 million acres of public land across the country in the long term where this occurs. Um, so we'll be keeping a close eye on this in 2022. So now off to Vermont where two people have been found guilty of hunter harassment. The incident occurred in early October in northeastern Vermont when a bear hunter and two companions were hunting with hounds. The bear led the hounds onto private property in accordance with Vermont laws. The hunters retrieved the hounds from the property and left the bear. When the hunters returned to their truck, which was parked on the side of the road next to the private property, they encountered two people who were uh, lived nearby actively letting air out of the truck's tires. Uh, after a heated exchange between these two people, between these two people and the hunters, one of the persons returned to their car and released a German shepherd, which attacked and injured one of the leashed hounds. Uh, the attack caused the hunters to call 911, and Vermont state troopers responded and eventually handed the investigation over to uh, Fish and Wildlife Game Wardens. The hound that was attacked suffered severe injuries to her, hind, uh, to her head, legs, and pelvis, which resulted in over $2,000 worth of vet bills. Uh, the Vermont Game Wardens determined the hunters were... Uh, fully licensed and acting within their rights. The two individuals were cited for interfering with the lawful take of fish and game. And unfortunately, all this cost them was a $262 fine and one year loss of their hunting and fishing privileges, which in this case probably isn't a problem for them. Now, this is just the criminal case, so a civil case could come up later on. Uh, but this is just another prime example of the punishment not fitting the crime um, for this type of activity. Uh, but at least they were cited for the incident and were found guilty. So now off to Washington, where the state is offering a special hunt drawing for early reporting. Hunters who report their 2021 black bear, deer, elk, or turkey hunting results by Monday, January 10th, will have an opportunity to win one of nine deer and elk incentive permits for the fall of 2022. The Department of Fish and Wildlife is offering the special permits which will be awarded through a drawing this spring as an incentive to encourage hunters to report their results as soon as possible. The special permits will be valid from September 1st through December 31st of 2022. The permits include five deer and four elk permits in various areas of the state. Uh, to qualify for the drawing, hunters must submit a report by January 10th for each black bear, deer, elk, or turkey tag they purchased and each special hunting permit they received for 2021. All reports are due by January 31st, and failure to report by then will result in a $10 fee, which will need to be paid before any of your 2022 licenses can be purchased. Uh, the reports can be done online. Uh, Hunter will just need to set up an online account with a username, password, and email address. Uh, and this online tool can be used for filling uh, harvest reports and purchasing licenses as well. So get on those reports and get them in earlier and get into that special draw. So as always, if you have anything to send to me, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you to Stephen Carpenter for sending me some stuff on the corner crossing. Definitely interested in that. If anyone has anything specific on that, I'd really appreciate it. Um, keep that stuff coming. You can always reach out to me on Facebook at Mike Salter and uh, on Instagram at bearded underscore bowhunter 21. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Thanks, Mikey. Appreciate you, buddy. You're the man. Mike, the man behind the mic, Mike Salter. The the mic behind the mic, the man the mic the behind mic, the mic, the man the, the mic, man, the mic. <laughs> yeah, the news the newsman. Yeah, thanks, it, buddy. Well, and if everyone tune, tunes in on uh, New Year's Eve at six o'clock on YouTube, you'll get to see the mic behind the mic, 
live as we do a uh, live end of year podcast with Mike and Steve Mardick and Trev and myself. So we just kind of recap and talk a little smack and have a little fun the old fashioned way. Just a good old BS session to end the year. You guys definitely are not going to want to miss out on that podcast. I mean, it's still going to go on the regular platform, but you would definitely not want to miss it out live. Live's yeah. definitely going to be it's the, gonna go live. the kick. Yeah. Well, man, what do you think, dude? Uh, should we get this thing underway? I definitely think it's a good chance to hear Dan's thoughts on Danny from Ducks on the Bay and the uh, excursion he was able to get as he won the Sea Duck Hunt giveaway. So, good precursor for next year's. If you're interested and you want to know how it went, maybe you'll hear this and try a little harder. Just saying. Let's get right into it. All right, we're back on the phone with a good buddy, longtime friend, uh, Dan Smeltz. What's up, man? Not much, man. How you guys doing? Good, good. Hanging in there. Another, another night in the studio. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So I think the last time that you were on the podcast was episode 38. I think we figured out before this thing had all started. So it's been quite some time, and we're pushing on to, what's this, 119, I think? 118, Steve? I'd have to look. One, one oh, something. One, one something and a half. We, no. almo- <laughs> we, we almost made him wait 100 episodes. So it will be 118. So Nice. That's nice. pretty wild, dude. It's been it's been time some ago. time. Yeah. So I guess why this all had started was because you won a nice duck hunting experience, huh? Right, right. Which I didn't even realize I won until you. I don't know if you texted me or called me. And you're like, hey, dude, you want to go on a sea duck hunt? And I'm like, yeah, sure. How much is it? And you're like, free. You won it. And I'm like, <laughs> how the hell did I win it? Yeah. Like, usually you gotta apply for stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm like going through my head, and you're like, dude, I'll, like I bought the hat that I'm wearing actually. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, put me into the thing. And then, well, sh- first of all, shout out to that other guy that actually won it. Both, I forget his name. I'm a terrible person, but he actually won it. And uh, I guess he wasn't a duck hunter or whatever. And just like, ah, oh, no, no. And then, then you guys pick me. Yeah, so he cool. actually, he wanted you to have it because he, you know, it wasn't really a thing. He wasn't big waterfowler and it wouldn't have really been an experience for him that would have been, you know, worth it with knowing that it's like a once in a lifetime experience and something that a waterfowl would really enjoy. He's like, just hand it on to the next person. Right, right, absolutely. And I'm by no means like a waterfowler, I would say. I just shoot ducks with a buddy, but I wouldn't, I like, I don't devote my time to waterfowl, but it was, I mean, it was still a blast. I think that it was, but then again, dude, it's a sport that you've just started to kind of dive into and kind of get your your feet wet. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) Nice. Um. But it's something that you've kind of taken a love to for the sport, you know, like yeah, you want sure. a slow like, goose hunt and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Last two years, um, been kind of, like you said, kind of getting our feet wet in that a little bit and playing around. Just something else to do, especially in December, January. You kind of get burned out a little bit with the theater and just breaks it up a little bit. Absolutely, man. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we turn the key, bro, as we always do? And uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do before we dive into this deep. All right, uh, my name's Dan Smeltz. I'm from, like, northeastern Pennsylvania, born and raised northeast PA. Um, that's just a hunt, fish, do whatever. That's pretty it, pretty much it. As long as I'm not working, I'm doing something outdoors pretty much. Well, you got a little project, too. Why don't you talk about that? 
So, yeah, um, I'm doing a project with the Working Class Bowhunter guys, and I don't even know if it's really been released yet. They've been kind of hitting at it here and there. Uh, but through my Craving Wild platform, uh, we're going to do a collaboration, a whole bunch of cooking videos, wild game specific. And we're lo- really looking forward to that. We're really excited about it. We've been talking about it for, I think, years now. Ever since me and Sean Polk went out there uh, to hunt, in Illinois with Kurt, he was gracious enough and his wife to let us stay in the studio. We actually slept in the studio, which was pretty cool. Um, and I, we cooked a bunch of food and brought it out there. And, he, and ever since then, we've been trying to kind of just chatting about doing a cooking thing. And I finally started craving wild and, and he wants to get into some more stuff. So we were talking about it and decided, you know what, it's time. It's January. People just got done, you know, filling tags. The seasons are kind of winding down. So why not start dropping some recipes that, you know, people might not necessarily do from time to time or you know you get burnt out on the same stuff that you do and try something new that's awesome dude that'd be a cool little platform where people can kind of follow along and kind of watch what you're doing and cooking you're always taking yeah. pictures of something or that's kind yeah, of that's awesome and it's going to be on their youtube is where it's, it's going to be on mine too but their youtube is going to be the main platform that's awesome so everyone can yeah. kind of check it out there when that releases and kind yeah, of see what I don't you got going on yet um mm-hmm. I know Kurt's on a hunt right now, so maybe when he comes back, we'll. I, I'm. I just got done dumping a bunch of footage. I got two of them filmed right now, so we're just gonna keep kind of. Once the ball keeps rolling, just keep on pushing them out. Absolutely, dude. That's cool as hell, man. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, something a little bit to keep you kind of busy in the off season, and. Oh yeah, especially once it's you know two degrees, and well, once it's that cold, we'll be ice fishing. But <laughs> right. Know, something in this little weird window where there's nothing to do. Yeah, right? Between shed hunting and ice fishing and whatever else, right? I mean, realistically, it never ends, right? Like, we just go from one to the next to the next to the next to the next. I call that uh, seasoned well, hunters. And it's not its not what you think it is, like, just, like, having a lot of experience. It's just following the seasons. Whatever the season may come, whether it's, like you said, ice fishing, whether it's trapping, whether it's coyote hunting or shed hunting or whatever, whatever the season next is coming, those are those – I call them seasoned hunters because they're constantly into the season, no matter what it is. It's not just bow hunting. It's not just whitetails. It's not just this. It's mm-hmm. just it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you said that. I had a guy at work who just got into deer, well, just got into hunting in general, just wanted to do it out of the blue. And I've been kind of mentoring him a little bit, like got him shooting his bow and gave him a whole bunch of stuff to use and, you know, this, that, and other things. But he's like, what's your favorite like thing to do? And I was like, well, whatever season it is, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. like if it's deer season my favorite thing's deer season if it's ducks it's ducks if it's exactly what you just said and that's the way to be man it just it kind of takes you through the the years go by so fast honestly when it's like that because you're like you're like what's next and then that's over like i can't believe it. we're coming to the end of deer season like we have a couple more days left in the deer season and I, what do we do like it's it's and then the next thing, you know, and it just goes by so darn quick. And then you're now you're prepping for the next season. It's like you just keep yourself and your mind so busy that it just it just rolls right through. Yeah. Yeah. Next thing you know, we'll be looking for elk sheds out in Western PA. Yeah. Or snow goose hunting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget. Yeah. Let's not forget Don't about that. that. Yeah. Can't forget about snow goose season, man, which is yeah, always that's a, a good blast. Time. I yeah. would suggest anybody goes and does that. That's that's a fun time. Yeah, for sure. So why don't we, uh, first off, I just want to thank Danny from Ducks on the Bay big time for kind of giving out this hunt. Um, This will not be the last time that this hunt is given out. Um, We will be doing another one next season. 
or, you know, in the off season here. Um, and we'll do another one. I don't know what the giveaway will actually, I mean, the, the steps to get into the giveaway will be, but, um, this year was anybody that purchased anything from any of our sponsors or they purchased anything from us, you get X amount of points and then would go in like entries. And then we just did a random drawing and Dan ended up winning. So, why don't you kind of take us through kind of like your trip coming up and like what, what we went through and so on and so forth, because it was a very eventful trip by any means um, yeah. <laughs> from day one to day two. Um, so why don't you just spill it out for us, man? You want me to start with like the, the prep, like getting ready for the hunt and then. Yeah, man, right? actually that would be kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Cause I really didn't have anything. So I won this hunt. What? Like early, early this year, like mm-hmm. a while ago. And uh, I talked to Danny, and Danny's a great dude, uh, first and foremost. He's a straight-up guy, hilarious. And, I mean, he's going to get you on the ducks for sure. But uh, just chit-chat with him, you know, what shot to use, what choke tubes to use, like all that stuff, and uh, what clothing, which was the, what I was worried about because, you know, end of December up in Rhode Island, I figured, it, you know, it's going to be cold as shit, windy as shit. I don't have stuff for that. And Danny was pretty much like, you know, just wear the warmest, driest shit you have. And uh, you're probably still going to be cold. So I ended up getting some Kuyu stuff that was pretty much built for that. And I'm glad I did bring it. At first, it looked like we weren't going to need it, right? Because it was, what, 50 degrees when we left? Yeah. But next thing you know, you get out into that bay, dude, and that wind just starts ripping, and it's significantly colder. It felt Um, like 20 degrees. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy. I almost, like, didn't bring my jacket, and I'm so glad I brought the jacket because I would have froze my ass off the whole time. But, uh, but yeah, man, we, we were excited. It was a shit show actually getting there. Um, my one buddy that was supposed to come with me, he ended up getting COVID, what, two days or the day before we were going to leave. Mm-hmm. So we're just like madhouse calling people like, hey, you want to go on a duck hunt? You want to go on a duck hunt? You want to go? Like, you don't got to pay for nothing. It's free. Um, which I don't know if you mentioned that. It was I won plus I got to bring somebody with me. Right. Um, yep. For, for the giveaway. So I ended up getting a hold of my old boss. <laughs> sent him one of the text messages and I uh, ended up call. I missed a call from him. I was at work and uh, called him back and he goes, I was like, Oh, what's up, dude? What are you doing? And he's like packing for a duck hunt. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. You just <laughs> sent me a time. Like, <laughs> so I uh, met up with him the next day and then we drove and uh, Danny set us up with a really nice uh, hotel. I don't remember the name of it. Bristol Bay, something like that. Yeah, Bristol, Bristol Bay. Something. Bristol yes. Harbor Inn, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful place. Uh, something that we probably shouldn't have been in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Way too nice for us. That's <laughs> so true. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got up there, made good time, and uh, just kind of hung out that first afternoon. <laughs> went out, got some real good seafood. Uh, went to some places that Danny told us to go to. And then uh, and we helped him. We just stopped by his house, met him got the boat all set up and just kind of you guys were you guys we didn't do shit uh you guys were game planning on uh you know where the ducks were and all that stuff and because we had a little bit of wind the first day the wind was kind of crappy and it was kind of iffy and it was coming out of the west i had gone down and scouted a spot that danny had sent me a pin to check it out see what's going on if the birds were down there still down there he had hunted it in the past and then just you know with that wind coming out of the west we needed something that we could stay in the lee to kind of hide away from it so the first day was a little bit rough um so we were kind of game planning on that and kind of figuring out you know do we need to go here do we need to go there and uh that worked out so we did we did find a really good spot to get into on the first day oh yeah i mean if it wasn't that windy i mean we would have limited it out early 
we still we damn near still limited out that day yeah i mean that was uh, that's right so we when we went in actually i'm sorry so when we i had scouted the place i had scouted is not where we hunted the first day that's where we hunted hunted on the second day gotcha right no no you're right no i was wrong so the place i scouted was where we hunted the first day the second day was the second day when we met the people on the rocks Yes. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. So yes, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that was day two. So yeah, we did hunt where we did, and we nearly almost did limit out the the first day, didn't we? I think we were like one bird off. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was crazy. I mean, you're just it's just something so foreign, especially to a guy like me and PA. Even duck hunting, you know, you're used to setting up relatively close. Uh, the birds come in, they cup, and then you know they're kind of stuck there for a little bit. But these these birds ain't doing that. They're they're like NASCARs coming in and you know, you guys were saying they don't, they don't die. And you're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Like I'm sure I got, I had ball shells, whatever. Like, well, they're going to die. These, those birds don't die. They're mm-hmm. resilient little birds. And what's crazy. And obviously we didn't know this uh, going into it. If you wound one of them or like wing them or whatever, and they hit the ground, they die. And that turns into uh, quite the episode chasing these things around like whack-a-mole trying to and you end up shooting waves more than shooting the ducks because you know you're like up in the air and then you see the duck and then by the time you get on and pull the trigger then the other wave comes up and the duck's gone and you're just shooting water uh so that was quite the experience you know you guys are laughing at us in the back because <laughs> you i'm full i'm full well i've been in that position you know and uh but it, i mean it's fun it's 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 a blast especially with you guys you guys made it real fun and uh i mean we were already talking about coming back next year yeah. or the year after yeah yeah. The, the, so the first day was a little bit tough because obviously with the waves and everything was made it a little bit, obviously a little bit tougher. But the second day that was that turned into quite the shootout. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, the second day was just. I mean, we had what well, the, so the, the, the scoters. Is that what we were killing that day? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we so killed a mixed day. bag on the first day. It was between we did. I don't we didn't kill. Did we kill an eider? The first no, we didn't day, kill any eiders. No, 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 no eiders. So we killed um, just a mixed bag of, I think. But the thing is, we had a lot of small, immature. We didn't have any like full, full plumed out. They were like ugly ducks the first day, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So there was no mounters. It was definitely a mixed bag in that day, um, and that kind of sucked, right? I mean, well, it doesn't suck, but I mean, you're shooting ducks, but you guys were looking for something more or less for the wall, right? And it kind of made it. Yeah. A little- tough so we we had gotten a lot of old squaw and stuff but they just weren't the greatest looking old squaws we had a couple of did we shoot the white wing on the first day or the second day okay so we shot a white wing a really nice white wing on mm-hmm. the first day uh, yep. a bunch of old a bunch of old squaw but they really weren't the best looking old squaw and then we had a surf scoter that was an immature surf scoter so there were a lot of like ugly ducks we didn't get that many like really good looking ducks on the first day which is because they're what they're immature is that what the deal is yeah just, just immature not- just not full plumed i mean it takes a while sometimes i think eiders to be full plumed is like three years oh wow so to wow. get the actual color and then a lot of the times you don't get them towards the end of the season so they say like the taxidermist says like if you're going to shoot an eider shoot it in like the last week of the season when it's full plumed out so a lot of them take a while to get to that full plume you know and mm-hmm. uh so you just get it's just luck of the draw, man. Like you can get especially that time of year, it's like in between, 
you know, where you're getting good full plume birds and not full plume birds. Um, so that was kind of a, a, a crappy thing. And it's sometimes it just goes by day to day. I mean, the, the, the second day we got into just an absolute banger of common scoters. Oh, dude. Yeah, we were just I mean, they were coming in. You, you guys set the de- Danny set the decoys up like perfect. You guys did a great job. And those birds were coming and we didn't have a wind either. So mm-hmm. it was a lot easier. We weren't taking, you know, those far, far shots because of the way the wind was that day. And the birds definitely cupped in real nice. Um, we had a great day. So people on the rocks that were watching us might not have had a great day. <laughs> uh, we'll probably get into that later, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, we did that. And uh, we, we, we realized pretty quick that we are going to have to move because we were just getting the same kind of birds. Um, and the way the limits work out, like you guys, you can explain that. I don't really – it's like you can only have so many of one bird, but your daily limit was five, right? But you can't have any more than four of the same species. Yeah, so it's five total of sea ducks, but you can only have four of one species. So we ended up shooting our scoter limit, mm-hmm. and we there was not any other birds in the area where, like, they were just all common scoters. And we so mm-hmm. at that point we had limited out on our scoters, and we couldn't we couldn't shoot anything, um, anything more of right. that of that species. We were either we could sit there and wait for an eider, or a long a long tail. Or which is called an old squaw, which you're not allowed to call an old squaw anymore. It's long tailed duck. PC. Stupid. What's that? PC. Yeah, PC, right? So we decided Danny's like, well, we can sit here and see if we want to to try and wait here. And then we would just have to watch Scoter after Scoter after Scoter bombing oh, yeah. the decoys. So we had made the call to go across the bay to another area and try and shoot eiders and old squaws. And it was a good call to do so because when we got over there, what ends up happening is there was eiders and old squall. Not like, obviously it was like a little bit after, you know, like 10 o'clock, nine o'clock, they stopped flying. Like it just kind of like dies down, but we still had a trickle effect of them. And you were able to shoot your long long tail tail and (laughs) surf scoter. We actually got surf scoter too for the wall. So that was kind of cool. We seen a bunch of eiders, remember? Yeah, every it seemed like every time we were bullshitting, um, looking at what was occurring on Facebook at the time due to what happened on the rocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, every time we look up and there'd be an eider, like legitimately just like twenty feet above us. <laughs> like, oh god damn it! You know, fumbling around, you're on a boat rocking around. It's just a shit show. But uh, yeah, we weren't able to get any eiders. We had, I mean, Danny put us on them, but we just, I don't know dicking around at that point in time uh but and dude remember the long tails came in when we were setting the decoys off yeah that was like, wild beautiful. remember we were trying to put out the long line and we're pulling the long mm-hmm. line with us and they just they're trying to hit the end of the long line <laughs> yeah they kept circling in on us and you can't shoot them like when the boat's moving so like we were just kind of standing there just watching these and there were two really beautiful drakes in there it's it's they're so smart, but they're so stupid at the same time. Like some occurring times, they're just so dumb and you're like, wow, they are stupid. And then other times you're like, shit, those things are so darn smart. Like how did they like figure out that we were here or whatever? You know, it's just they're total pain in the ass when it comes to that, dude. That's one of the bad things about sea ducks. If you've never sea duck hunted, which I'm assuming probably a lot of people probably listening to this haven't done, because it's probably a pretty, it seems like a rare thing, especially to us out here. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, up by you guys is probably more common. Do a lot of guys do it by you or see? So it's become, 
it's become more common where a lot more guys are realizing that it's 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 a lot more feasible than they actually think, right? So you can actually like shoot a lot cool more. new thing. Right. It has become yeah. the cool new thing. It's like like using an e-bike or a kayak on public land like it's kind of yeah. more the the norm thing and with that now our limits have gone are going to go down next year so we can have a max of four with a limit of three per um so it's that's kind of one of the negative things and people are starting to do more of it but it's still a far-fetched thing right because the guys that are duck hunting a lot of the times they have john boats or they don't really have the boats that are set up to go in the ocean and but now guys are starting to do it. Like there's a company here that's starting to sell layout boats and a lot more things are, are becoming the norm around here yeah. when they really weren't at first. There was a, yeah. a bu- just a handful of hardcore guys that used to do a ton of it, um, but not much. Any Now it's everybody's doing it, man. It's the cool mm-hmm. thing. If you if you need, you're not cool unless you pee your pants kind of thing you know it's just <laughs> <laughs> and you're like you cannot you're not going out there in the ocean with a, like a john boat like this is a legit boat that you're on to the point where like we got there and i'm like i knew we were shooting out of the like out of the boat and i'm like how the heck you know i'm used to shooting mallards and stuff where every inch of you is covered you're like you know brushing yourself in like ghillie suit like, like ghillie suit style kind of just really trying to conceal everything and this you're just like out on a boat and you, there's like, you, there's no way these birds are gonna come in these decoys, and sure shit, they just come in the decoys. But like you said, sometimes they like, they're like, ah, I don't really like this and shit like that. But you wouldn't think, coming from like puddle duck hunting, that these birds would commit to decoys that are, what, twenty yards from from a boat. Mm-hmm. But, and I guess you said basically like the way Danny has it, it's supposed to look like a rock. Yeah. In the ocean. Yeah. So it looks like a rock because they're always flying around rocks and feeding areas are around rocks. So it looks like a rock and right. they just come into it and they think that there's just a pot of, of them. You know, they do. There's a lot. You can do a couple different ways of doing it. You can do a shoreline set, which is real close to the shore, or you can do like an open water thing. And that's what we were. We were doing open water near big boulders um, right. and setting up that way. You can do layout boats too. That's another way. We just didn't have the weather to be able to do a layout hunt, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. <laughs> that's something yeah. in itself, you know. Like layout hunting's a little sketchy, um, especially if you haven't done something like that before. To get inside of a layout boat and be by yourself in the middle of the ocean, you know, like you guys being, you know, virtually live kind of like Middle East and never really <laughs> been around the ocean to go yeah. out there and sit in a boat by yourself in the middle of the ocean, you're gonna be like. Oh yeah, and on I'm edge. not a water guy by any means. Like I don't like the water, right? Um, yeah, like, at all, like even remotely. So that I want to, like I want to do it. I'm forcing myself to do that shit, but I hate the ocean and I don't mm-hmm. like water. So those two things in that little bitty ass UFO looking boat um, <laughs> in the ocean, like, <laughs> seventy five feet of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I was getting okay with the ocean until I went tarpon fishing early in may and had bull sharks destroy this thing in like 0.5 seconds and i was like dude if if my ass falls in the water i'm gonna be milk toast in no time well that's the same that well the problem up by us is great whites now yeah see and they're bigger see no i don't want no part of that (laughs) no that's why i stopped spearfishing dude dude that little ufo thing you're like a little oreo floating around from the (laughs) exactly we saw (laughs) seals and we had seals all around us. Remember, we seen the seals a couple oh, of times. Yeah. Both places that we hunted, there were seals. So, what do you think of cool. that? that? Could you cool. imagine? A... Imagine me falling in the water, bro. I look like the tastiest seal that ever floated, bro. Like, 
<laughs> my suit? Yeah, right. Oh, man, that would have been bad news. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what do you think? What was kind of like your thoughts? So when you got there originally and we went to launch for the first time, you were like, are we we're really about to do this? Like, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts were like, what the hell am I doing? Um, because it's just so foreign to me, like I said, you know, that, like backing the boat in and the way he backed the boat into the sand, like where I'm from, we got like legitimate boat ramps and like that's the boat ramp for the place. Uh, we obviously we don't have the ocean mm-hmm. and uh, and that like that was crazy and just getting everything set up, just trying to get into the rhythm of things like what the second day wasn't bad because like right. you just get into the rhythm, like what you guys expect, what you guys got to do, like you've got those long lines, which are a royal pain in the ass if they, you know, shit kind of gets weird or one of the anchors pulls up on one of them and it's just a shit show. But, uh, you know, that was the biggest thing was like when I, when we got there, just kind of sit back and just like, ask, like, what do you guys want us to do? Like, you know, just kind of, and just see, but it's, and obviously we're doing it in the dark. So like, we have no idea where we're at, no idea where we're going, no idea what, like, we're not looking at anything mm-hmm. and you guys, you know, just having a, having a blast. It's just like, like normal. So it was, it was, I mean, it was a blast, but going in, you're just kind of like, all right, what's next? What's next? What's next? So that was, I mean, and I, but I enjoy that stuff. Like I always enjoy new shit. So it was cool. It's definitely, it's something that definitely like kind of takes you back. Right. Cause you're like, well, what, what, how does this work? You know? Cause it's in the dark, dude. Like it's, yeah, yeah. yeah you're just confused. It's confusing. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it makes no sense. And my, my thing was like, all right, I got a shotgun. I'm just going to do what the hell I'm told get in this goddamn boat. And when they tell me to pull the trigger, I'm just going to pull the trigger. Right. Well, you gotta be ca- the problem with pulling the trigger is you got to be careful what you're shooting at because there's always a mix of things that you can't shoot. Right, which for us was a problem because we didn't even know what the hell ducks we were shooting off to begin with, which was poor judgment on us. We probably should have done some research, but you know, uh, we like we were working and I don't well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. excuses are excuses, but no, I mean that's what that's that, why that was the, the whole point and... of that hunt though was so, mm-hmm. you could go out experience something exactly. new with no knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what Danny's there for. You know what I'm saying? But there is other ducks. So we have the Harlequin ducks, which we had the chance of being able to see them, which is a West Coast duck, which you don't mm-hmm. get to see a lot of out here. So you guys got to see those, which is pretty cool, but you can't shoot them. Um, they're absolutely gorgeous. There's a lot of loons and seagulls. Seagulls always set up perfect. They're like, mm-hmm. the te- they come in perfect. They set up and they, they'll get you sometimes if you're not really paying attention. Um, yeah, those damn loons, man. They, they, they look juicy coming in. Yeah, <laughs> they look like lawn darts, but way bet way bigger, right? Which yeah, long dart yeah. is a McAnser, but but yeah, yep. I think oh, yeah, the best no. part or the highlight of the trip, honestly, was the guys on the rocks. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah without a doubt. <laughs> Anytime you become, I don't know what was that YouTube famous, I guess, or Facebook no, famous? No, it wasn't even Facebook famous, bro. That was on a local news station. Oh, that was like real deal. That was their news station. Yeah, Newport oh, Buzz, shit. which is Newport Buzz, is like a little tiny like drama thing for new the city of Newport. <laughs> Clearly, um, there was a lot of drama there. Oh, dude, it's pretty crazy. So, <laughs> Danny, we kind of so I don't know. Why don't you do you want to go into what happened because it's kind of crazy, honestly. Uh, yeah, a little bit, and then you can like fill in the whatever I meant. Okay, I guess. yeah. So we're sitting, this is, so this is the second day and this is when we're absolutely just murdering ducks. You know, we, we got, we figured it out and we're, we're just slaying pop, them. Pop, pop, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we're hunting right off of a wildlife refuge, right? That's what it is technically. 
Mm-hmm. But the wildlife refuge only relates to the to the like the soil, the ground. It's not in the water, and we're like pretty far from them to begin with. Um, and we're hunting sea ducks, which don't go on land, as far as far as I know. <laughs> um, and we're just sitting there, pretty much, you know, just having a good time. And we look over, and this dude's like on a rock. Looks like he's filming us, but they're so far away. Like we don't really know what they're doing. They could just be looking at us. And next thing you know, I guess what was it? One of Danny's buddies sent it to him or whatever. Yeah. And then, then he sent it to you guys, and you guys are, like, laughing and joking. And then we're kind of like, what the hell are you guys talking about? And this dude legitimately took a video of us and was calling us every, like, degrading name you could think of. Douche canoes. Uh, you know, we're horrible human red, beings. Yeah. I'm yeah, trying to remember how it all went. Douchebags. Dumb yeah. rednecks. Fuck tards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the typical anti-hunting, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And apparently they posted on their news station. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because so we had realized that they were kind of filming us. So Danny's in the back of the boat and he's like, I'm just going to scratch my balls and I hope that they see it like if he's going to film me, I'm going to make it worth me him filming me. Right. Like screw him, you know, because up there mind you like we talk about it a lot like new england liberals like there's a lot of them up there there's a lot of you're on the ocean so there's a lot of like piping clover um bedding grounds or nesting areas there's a lot of wildlife refuge which is are actually those are huntable areas um and these guys don't understand that or they're in there harassing the wildlife that's there as a refuge right so this guy's filming us and this was so when we had moved from the first spot to the second spot on the second day, we get out there, we're all set up, we're all hanging out, and I get a, a message from Danny. And Danny's sitting next to me, mind you, in the boat. And I'm like, I start watching it, and I'm like, Are you kidding me? That's us. Like, we're the video is us. I'll share it on the social media in the future. We'll make a, a little <laughs> video of it so you guys can all see it. But, um, we, um, we were out actually getting ducks and the guy's filming at the actual part of it. And he's like, this morning I went for a walk. He was like British. And he's like, I went for a walk and there's the guys out there and all you hear is pop, pop, pop. And they're the dumb, stupid rednecks or whatever. So then when we were in the boat, like, so I sent it to Danny. Well, then we started sharing it to all of our friends. Well, all of our friends ended up getting onto this whole thing and blew it up the, total opposite way that they wanted to blow it up they wanted to make fun of the hunters but all the hunters got on it and were making fun of them for so it totally blew up in their face like backlash like no i'm sure they were super confused on like because i shared it with the wcb team and next Mm -hmm. thing you know you know you got everybody from illinois iowa pennsylvania you know all them midwest states just going on and just got absolutely unleashing knowledge in a sense to Mm -hmm. this person um and because at the beginning, he, what did he say? Something like, "This is the most redneck thing I've ever seen." Or almost like exactly like, those words. <laughs> like, bro, if that's the most redneck shit you've ever seen, like, don't go anywhere else in the country. I'm sorry, like, you're that that is sitting in a boat hunting is not redneck or the most right. redneck thing you've ever seen. <laughs> How about the guy uh, in a box blind drinking a bush light? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Don't even start, like, but. <laughs> Yeah, that guy was obviously clueless. Called it a bird sanctuary, which it wasn't even, like, that's not even what it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, no facts. Just a typical, didn't know anything, anti-hunter. Um, you know, let's point a camera and just make false, false accusations against guys who are doing everything legally. 
Um, and that's, I mean, but that's, you know, that's what they do. Just kind of brain, and then they just brainwash everybody else who just doesn't know. Yeah. But all in all, it was hilarious. It was and he got, the whole time. he got what he deserved. Yes. Yes. In, in <laughs> fact, we're going to pull some of that audio eventually. And we're going to add that into uh <laughs> little bits and tidbits and clips as we do other productions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a hot button with a couple of those. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's what we should totally do. Already we'll have a hot button with the British guy. <laughs> Every time someone does something redneck. That's the most redneck shit I've ever heard. <laughs> that would be oh, priceless. God. Oh, I can't wait for it. We're, we're awesome. going to make him famous in the worst way possible. Oh, he's not even going to oh, know I'm... it, dude. Yeah, and he's already halfway there. I mean, everybody was, like, chiming in, like, oh, that's a good spot. Like, oh, thanks for the spot. I kind of felt bad for Danny because it, right. like, he pretty much blew up his spot. And, I think uh, it was one of the negative things about it. Like, it was on my Facebook at first, and then I was like, well, that's a bad idea. Definitely don't want to leave that there. Right, right. Um, and everybody else is, like, chiming in, like, oh, I hope they got their limit, you know, just all that stuff, just trying to – just showing us support, not not being, like, negative or degrading to that guy, that person at all, just being total – you know, just good guys to us and, you know, hoping we're getting lucky, which we were. Mm-hmm. Shout which out makes limit, it even better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so cool, though. It was it was definitely a, a really cool experience, man. It was really fun to finally hunt with you because we've been friends for quite some time and haven't hunted yeah. together. Yeah, well, we were supposed to. The snow goose yeah, the hunt, snow goose right. hunt. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously shit happened and you couldn't go, so. Mm-hmm. Which next year, you're going next year, right? Yeah, for sure. Or this year. Steve, are you going to be able to make it up here? Certainly going to try. Cool, cool. Because that's, dude, that's a blast. That's There's a really good time. Sitting in like an A-frame with a bunch of your best buds, just literally. Bullshit like, well, for, and and shit. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, having a good time, really. So I guess with that, man, like as far like because you were big into deer hunting and never really got into the whole waterfowl thing. Like, what is your your outlook on waterfowl hunting now as a whole? Like you've done pretty much everything that there is to do in the waterfowl world. Yeah, pretty much for, for us um, in New England anyways. Yeah, like realistically. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's just fun, man. It's I like it because it's way more relaxed. And I know a lot of people like make fun of the, the waterfowl like game, but I don't think people realize how much work goes into that you know like you guys are like you were out the day before scouting for birds um you know going to the snow goose hunt we were every morning up at three o'clock in the morning putting out 900 full body decoys like that's a lot of work um and then our guide would leave like this is the snow goose thing but our guide would leave ryan midday and go scout all day looking for the next place to go to and then he'd come back and we'd pick up all the decoys put them in his trailer go to the new spot put out half of the set the night before go back three o'clock in the morning, put out the rest of the set. And then he would have a buddy come. That's got, you know, 450 more decoys. And we'd, we'd be putting them out. Cause you know, in that game, it's kind of like numbers, right? Decoys numbers. And if you don't have wind, like wind socks don't work. So, and the full bodies just look so much better anyway. And, you know, so you got all that, and like all the time and equipment and money that, you know, Danny with the boat, all those decoys, he was telling us how much those decoys were. It's crazy. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of look past that and just see like all the negative stuff on social media with the waterfowl and shit like that. But um, there's like there's a lot of work that goes into waterfowl, and uh, it's a lot of fun, especially if you got buddies that you know that can do it with you. Uh, just going out there and having a good time. You don't got to worry about scent. I obviously, still got to worry about wind, but um, it's a lot more laid back. You know, you're just kind of sitting down, hunkering down, and 
waiting for the birds to come in. Telling jokes, making fun of each other. People yeah, suck at yeah. shooting. It's a good time. It's <laughs> oh, a very yeah, good time. Yeah. It's a real good time. If you have, uh, if your feelings get hurt real easy, it's probably not the uh, the place you want to be. But uh, unless you hit every duck, <laughs> then you're good. Yeah. But that's probably that's not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, no, it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun compared to deer. Like deer season, so serious. Like it's like a chess match. You know, everything's got to be perfect. And then if it's not perfect, you're like second guessing everything and this and that. And I'm sure, I guess, if you get in the waterfowl, like deep, 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 you start making all those like second guessing everything too. But, you know, for us, it's just like kind of that, you know, that break in the season just to go out. And it's like old school. It's like kind of going back to when you're a kid. It's just, it's just fun. Like you're just out there having a good time, regardless if you kill anything. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize that waterfowl was like the start, the heritage of a lot of the areas up here. Anyways, like duck hunting, was like the beginning of hunting like that's where it all started especially for new england because like like pa connecticut and stuff like that like they didn't have a deer season at one point and everybody would be waterfowl hunting that's when the numbers were through the roof you know and which is crazy it's nuts to think about that and now it's going backwards where it's dwindling down on our our waterfowl seasons are dwindling down like what is your limit there for mallards I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to know. I have no idea. Yeah, see, so it's for our mallards, we can only kill, like, my area, single. I can only kill one goose. I can kill two mallards. Like, it's up, so dude. It definitely I'm puts like, a game. I literally live on the border of the Atlantic population, which is, I think, what you're part of, right? Okay, yep. And then, like, our resident birds. So, like, if you're above Route 80, you can shoot a lot. Like, your back limits are a lot more. Um, okay. Don't quote me on this. Follow your local laws. But uh, my buddy's the duck hunter, like my one real good buddy. Mm-hmm. He's really in the duck. So I just kind of follow his lead. But uh, yeah, like the Atlantic population, one goose. I think you're allowed maybe like two green heads. Only one can be a male or some shit like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like yeah. Same. Three woodies, mm-hmm. uh, two black ducks. Same thing. And yep. like no more than six ducks total, I think it is. Correct. In one day. Yeah. So pretty similar. Yeah. They're um, starting to do. So next year. And they're going to take and put your sea duck limit inside of your regular limit. So what they could do before was, so there's a special sea duck zone. And what happens is if you're in that zone, like ours is 95 corridor. So 95 South is the, is the, is our South zone where you can sea duck hunt and you can shoot your five duck, your five sea ducks, and then go inside and shoot your, uh, puddle ducks, even if you're south of the 60, you know, the 95, but so right. you can shoot r- six regular ducks and five sea ducks. And now right. they're going to make it into one thing so that you're not killing double the amount of ducks. So it actually helps out on the population of ducks. So you're not killing 11 ducks in one day, technically. Right. Right. You know I, what I'm I saying? Which is out- like, they're not the same ducks though. Like it's completely different. But population-wise, like forcing you to choose which one to go correct. after. Correct. Yeah, it's, so uh, that the population it's like hunting in Maryland between whitetail or sicka, they don't count against right. each other. But can right. you shoot? Can you shoot? Uh, yeah, a yeah, whitetail and a sicka on the same day. Yeah, you shoot a whitetail oh, stag or a whitetail buck and a sicka yeah. stag, and as many hinds as you have licenses for, all on the same day. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they just try and divide it up so that you're not going and hammering ducks constantly and killing on the flyway. So you have to go back the next day if you want to do puddle ducks or whatever, divers or whatever. Because 
guys are just hammering on them, you know, and they, they're having a problem. Obviously there's a, there's definitely a, a decrease in the, in the populations of birds because we're having to bring down our limits, you know, like on the hunt, I was talking to Danny about it and I was like, Hey man, what do you think? Like, why is this happening? And he's like the, a, the area that these birds are able to live, the food, the, you know, the hunting pressure, like there's a lot of things that are dying on it. And what I mean by land is the tundra, because you have to remember all these birds come from the tundra, whether they're puddle ducks, whether they're sea ducks, whether they're diver ducks. No, they don't. They, they all... come from the bird preserves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't you know they come from the wildlife refuge? Um, but all these birds come from the tundra. So they all come from Nunatak Canada in the tundra or north of Nunatak Canada. That's where all the birds come from. And then they decide to go down what flyway they want to go, whether it's Atlantic, it's the Midwest or it's the West coast. There's a couple more obviously, but just like for figurative speech, right? Yeah. So those birds that come down, they come out of that area and they work their ways down either flyway. Um, the Atlantic flyway is the shittiest of all flyways. I mean, I'll just, I'll put that out there right now. This is the worst <laughs> flyway. It's the worst dude. I mean, where do they, you know, it's, it's just yeah. the mid, the mid flyway is the big flyway. That's like your Mississippi river. Those that's like a killer, killer, killer flyway. Um, but yeah, they all come from, from up there, man. And that's, they're losing the, the ground up there. Like the tundra is just disappearing. And there's no, you know, it's, and it's messing with the ducks. It's messing with a lot of things, you know, and people don't realize that. I mean, talk about global warming and all that stuff. That's affecting everything for us, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Then that's, I mean, that's the big thing with the snow geese too, trying to get them down. Cause there's millions of them things and they're just leveling the tundra. Yeah, exactly. They, they hammer everything. They, they're the worst. They're our worst enemy, honestly. Oh, dude. I can only imagine um, how bad it is up in the tundra just because, you know, they're only here for a very short amount of time, Mm -hmm. which I saw a pile of them the other day, just so you know. Um, And, like, we went to a farm last or the spring, earlier this spring, or winter still technically, and it devastated this this farmer's fields. He had two spring-fed ponds that were literally, like, discolored green. Uh, it's disgusting. And he was so happy that we came to just at least scare the birds off. Um, that, I, oh, yeah. When we pulled up, the pond was white. It looked like it was it's snow covered. Like, the, you couldn't see water anywhere. And the whole field was white. And when the birds got up, I mean, there was, I think the guide said there was something like 30, 40,000 birds in that little particular group there. But yeah, they just devastated. Uh, everything's picked clean to the ground. There's shit everywhere, feathers everywhere. The water is disgusting, you know, obviously full of shit and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the farmer uses that to, for his cows and, you know, for, um, I would assume, irrigation and all that stuff. And I'm sure that's not good for, you know, everybody's tofu peas and shit like that. <laughs> well, every and, and people don't understand is that, like, with the snow goose season, that it's unlimited unlimited shells so there is no plugs there's unlimited well i'm sorry pa yeah yeah so new york is is there's conservation seasons the like arkansas has a conservation season which is no plugs so it's unlimited shots it's unlimited um bag limits so you can literally shoot as many as you want like it's it gets pretty great like new york is like that but pennsylvania it's you're still three shots and it's what 25 a day 
25 a day. Yep. Yep. Oh, damn. And that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. And we almost filled that uh, limit earlier this year, that last day. The last day. How many we guys went, were in the blind with you guys? I think there was like six, something like that. Okay. Um, and so we were, whatever the hell that math ends up to be. Mm-hmm. And we were, so we shot all the. The birds got off the ground, what I was just talking about, where they were covering the pond. They got up and went to feed, and as they did that, we just snuck down in there, set up A-frame, throw some decoys out, and waited for them to come back. And when they came back, um, Ryan pretty much waited for them, for most of them to land on the pond. And he just, he, we were, I mean, there were so many birds, we were getting wet from the water. Like, the water was just splashing everywhere. He was yelling at us to stand, like, we're screaming at each other as these birds are coming in, because you can't hear shit, right? It's like, you're in a, under a helicopter. You're standing on the the blind because the blinds just go back and forth like just crazy. Like you're in a tornado. So, I mean, technically speaking, you're that's what they call it. Um, and he, you know, yelled shoot. Everybody got up, and, it, and it's just like all you see is white. And you're just like, I, I fired three shots. I don't even have the gun shoulder. Um, <laughs> and like you just see birds just dropping. Right. I reload them. Okay. So in PA, you can't have the plugs. So you, you're only allowed three shells. And I reloaded my gun four times before the whole flock got off of the pond. That's how many birds there were. So it was mayhem, carnage, birds flopping everywhere. How many um, did you guys end up shooting? Uh, we were like 130 something. Jesus, dude, it, it took forever. It took forever to get all the birds out of there. We had two dogs, thank God, to get them out of the ponds because uh, there's dead ducks flop floating everywhere. So it's crazy because we had Ryan from Foul Exposure, Ryan Moeller, on the podcast, and we were talking. It was pre us supposing to go to the snow goose hunt. So this Mm -hmm. was, that story is from that snow goose hunt that we had had after we had had Ryan on the podcast. So you guys absolutely annihilated them. Oh yeah. That was crazy. And the birds were coming back. Right. So we got all the, all the geese off of the, off the pond, off of the, you know, uh, the surrounding area field. And there was like a little kind of drainage and all that stuff they were in and, they actually had drones and they were flying them around looking for white spots on the ground. So to make sure, you know, we didn't go over our limits and stuff like that. And um, it, it, we were counting as we were throwing them into the, the, the four wheeler. He was pretty much uh, towing a, uh, like an ice fishing sled, like those big ass sleds. Mm-hmm. I mean, we filled that thing up. I don't even know how many times. Um, the farmer <laughs> actually came down and helped us. He's like, oh, I'll help you take up on the birds. And we're like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, I'm just so glad you guys got these things out of here. But, uh, the birds actually started coming back, right? And uh, Ryan came running down. He's like, don't shoot because, I mean, if they would have done that again, we would have been 100 over our limit because we were really close to our limit to begin with. <laughs> Wild. That's nuts, dude. You had, like, an experience of all experiences. Oh, you could tell. I mean, you know, if you think about it, we it was, what, the last week of March? Or in the mm-hmm. middle of March? Something like that? So it was and, his last haunt in PA before he went back to New York. Right. So this dude's been grinding, like, nonstop for what two months almost a month mm-hmm. and a half yep and you could tell when he came back he was so excited about this and i mean props to him because he let us decide what to do he's like if you guys want to go just jump shoot them go jump shoot them and we were like nah dude like we like we're legitimate hunters we're not just here to kill shit which i mean we are but we want to hunt for them mm-hmm. and uh, or at least make it like somewhat fair uh to to, to for the birds and once he's like, once we said that, he was so excited because like he wasn't gonna jump shoot him with us if we decided to do that, and then it would just been me and Sean Polk, 
because uh, your other two buddies left at that time, or three buddies left, or no, somebody had Seth to leave. Was still, Some, Seth was still there. Chris had left. Chris had left. That's right. So there were so, four of you. Yeah, four of us, and we're like, you know, and it's one shot done. Like oh, that would that would have been fun. So once we said like, yeah, dude, like, well, what well, we want to do the setup and everything. And by that time it was the third day, so we were like, we knew what needed to be done with the, the A frame and like setting up all the blinds and how to roll everything out, clip everything together, make sure everything's solid tight. And we had that thing up in like five minutes, and just the rest we were just sitting there waiting. And uh, but yeah, he was so excited, and you could tell like he he had some other buddies come that usually help him throughout the year, and they were super excited and pretty much like you could feel like you know enjoy this because you're probably never going to see this again. You're probably never going to have birds like this ever again, especially in like you were saying earlier, the Atlantic Flyway. We just don't have that kind of right magnitude of birds just you know concentrated into an area. And that's so. one thing that we have here over the Midwest is that we have graders. So they're greater snow goose. So they're yeah. a little bit smarter. They don't really set to decoys as well because they're a lot, they're a little bit more keen in what's going on. They've been shot mm-hmm. at the whole entire way down. So now by mm-hmm. the time they get to us, they just, it's, they're just a lot smarter. You can get them to circle you, like you probably realized in the first two days that like they would come in and they would just circle and circle and not come down. You'd be taking 50, 60 yard shots. They're a little bit mm-hmm. tougher. When you see the guys that are in the Midwest, those guys are piling up 150 birds a day. Like, that's a normal oh, day yeah. for them. And they're all lessers. So those birds are a lot. They're not as smart. And they just they don't set into decoys like like the lessers do. And it's just the way that it goes, man. So for, for Ryan to have that fun and be able to grind and kill that many birds, that's a, that's a huge deal, man. That's a huge deal. So on oh, those yeah. on those days that the birds don't want to come in, they just circle, but they won't drop. Has anybody ever taken a punk gun and shot it like a mortar straight into the air? <laughs> <laughs> you want to? You want to? I mean, you want to? If, if there aren't any rules, <laughs> dude, it's frustrating, man. It is very frustrating. Well, Chris, remember Chris? What he did? I hear that story all the time, Chris. There was one blue goose that kept circling the thing. It circled like four or five times, and nobody was calling take him. And he just stands up and goes, take him. And he ends up shooting the stupid goose. Like, he didn't even care. He's like, whatever. He wanted that blue goose. Yeah, he was looking for that mounter, and he got it. Thankfully. Yep. Yeah, he didn't care after that, man. Which... I get it, man. When you're when you're there for the mountable birds, bro. I mean, that's that's what the whole trip is based on, right there. I mean, getting yeah. that one bird yeah. for the wall to mount to mount it. I mean, that's that's really what it's about, you know. There's Especially some... for him because he's a taxidermist, so he appreciates that a lot more. He, I tell you what, man. We brought him on a hunt after you guys, and I he was just looking, for, dude. He was just looking for birds. He's like, "Can I shoot that?" We're like, "No, it's a loon. You can't shoot that, Chris." Like. <laughs> I don't care. We're going to mount it. Harlequins. He's trying to mount everything, dude. He just wants yeah. it. He loves his bird collection now. And that's like a huge thing. So like every year yeah. you got to bring him out. He had a lot of that's fun great. for his birthday. Cause we brought him out for his birthday and uh, he got a bunch of birds that he needed for the wall and stuff like that. Like he got, he needed that's a long cool. tail. So that was kind of cool. And nice. know, that's, that's one good thing about Danny, man. He'll put you on the birds that you want, you know, one of the two days, you know, like it's just, yeah. He's yeah, shout out to him for that. Like when, especially the second day, uh, you know, we he could have been like, "Oh, you guys got your limit on scoters. Like, let's go back. You know, we're done." Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have to take us all the way out there, spend more fuel, more of his time to go try and get us some uh, different mounted docks. 
And, uh, you know, not everybody will do that. So, yeah, shoot a huge shout out to Danny for doing that because that's, I mean, you appreciate that as a customer, especially going on a guided hunt where you don't know anything and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they're, they're, Danny put so much time and effort to it. Like, this is his livelihood. Like, this is his love, his passion. He's very passionate about it. That's all he does, man. He lives, breathes, and dreams sea duck hunting and duck hunting in, in a hole. I mean, like, you know, we do a ton of diver hunting in the river. He's just on it, bro. He's on it, on it, on it. Um, you know, he constantly out scouting, constantly out hunting, you know, finding the birds. I mean, there's nobody that wants to shoot birds more than he does. Literally. Mm-hmm. There is nobody in that boat that wants to shoot birds more than Danny does or see people shoot birds. You know, I couldn't imagine, you know, I mean, like, obviously we're friends of Danny, so it's a little bit more relaxed for him. But having some customers, dude, I couldn't only imagine. I mean, he told us a story about the guy that had five. He went through five boxes, and he only shot one duck, um, mm-hmm. which that gentleman is a little bit different because he's, what was he, left eye dominant or something, or he was blind yeah, yeah. eye or something. He saying, yeah, he was left eye dominant, and he's shooting a righty gun, so he's, like, way off. He's, he's yeah. not even, like, remotely close to the birds. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and by the time they figured out, he was already $200 deep in shelf. 200 yeah, exactly at 30 40 dollars a box right now like, yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> it's nuts yeah, dude that's the big thing about snow goose hunt man it's like you got to bring shells and you're gonna dump through them let's say with sea duck hunting sea duck hunting is the same exact way you blow through a lot yeah. of shells sea duck hunting dude like a lot of missing a lot of trying to get the wounded birds like you go through shoot a lot wave. of shells yeah yep. you shoot a lot oh, of waves yeah. yep that's definitely definitely one of the things, man. Mm-hmm. Well, so so what do you think? What would you tell the next person that's going to go on the Sea Duck Hunt next year? Go shoot sporting clays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, trap or skeet? <laughs> Both. All, 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 everything. Everything. Everything shoot righty, that moves. Lefty. Yeah. See if you can like have them put you in. I don't know a forklift or something to lift you up and down to replicate the waves. <laughs> Like just because it's crazy, and these birds are fast as shit. Um, shoot the expert course. Don't shoot the easy basic course. Shoot the expert course. Uh, but no, I mean, I really, like, I'm being real with that. Shoot as much as you can before going out there because it is tough. It's tough to hit the birds, um, but it's you know, it's and it's still fun. It's still fun. Get good clothing too. You're gonna need. He was not kidding. You need the warmest, driest shit that you can get. Whether it's Sitka, Kuyu, whatever, or you just go to Walmart and get whatever you can um to, to make it happen because it's cold it's windy and you're sitting in a boat in the middle of the ocean or bay well it's actually the ocean it's technically the atlantic ocean up there is, is that what that technically was the atlantic yeah you guys kind of yeah if you're out where i think you were you were outside of the bay technically kind of on that line okay okay yeah I, so up there is straight atlantic well yeah okay yeah I guess where you up were. Up there is straight Atlantic. It's just straight cut I mean, off. It's, the river dumps yeah. in. It's it, man. It's it's straight Atlantic. So you're in the middle of the middle. <laughs> like, it's not like it the Chesapeake. It's the bay, but it's not the bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you yeah, know, it's... Yeah. Uh, use good shells, too. Uh, I would uh, stress that. You know, get good shells. We use ball shells, and you could definitely tell the difference between a ball shell and just a standard steel shot. And we were shooting... Like, I was shooting number threes. And they were they were doing good when I when I hit the bird, uh, they were doing good. And then our steel shot was like one and two stack. I was using I was basically using the snow goose loads for these ducks. Um, 
that's pretty much it, man. Like just shoot a lot and uh, get ready to blow through some shells and laugh a lot. Yes, and laugh a lot. <laughs> yep, and make so, sure you know you're prim and proper because you might end up on camera. Yeah, <laughs> the news channel, right? Yeah. <laughs> of all things, yeah. <laughs> is that still is that post still up? Yeah, I think it is. They said they weren't going to take it off because it was like at points like that people were like, "You should probably take this down," blah 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 blah, because you know, for for your own better good, you know, like just. So you don't look down. like a dumbass. Take it down. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was focusing on trying to find it. Um, yeah, let's see. Shit. They care more about the algorithm. They they care about the content. Yeah, that's all. They it just is. want more people to go yeah, to the it. The more like, people that click it, hit it, like it, add a comment, good or bad, just boost yeah. them. And they know it. Yeah, and you're throwing in a controversy like that. Like, yep. Yeah, you're gonna get clicks. That's all they cared about. They don't care whether it's left, right, center. They don't care because. Like, if you look at some of their other posts, they only get, like, eight likes, 22 shares, seven views. You know, like, they got a lot of stuff that was kind of not really the greatest. You know what? Um, Thinking back, if you guys would have just had, like, a rainbow-colored cover on that boat and had, you know, something down the side like the the trans-duck-getter or something, he wouldn't have said a word. (laughs) He probably wouldn't have said a word. (laughs) <laughs> the trans duck getter. See, the thing is, you know, they're just sharing everything because after we had gone on there, there was there was something. I'll read it real quick. Rhode Island DEM has arrested five people for illegally poaching ducks in the lower Narragansett Bay. The arrest stemmed from a complaint about poachers shooting ducks while their boat was under power. So that was after us being up there and they're just looking for anything and everything just to, to they're looking for just news, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess we should be clear too. When you wound the duck, you are allowed to drive around and try and pursue that to finish that duck off, but you can't shoot ducks in the air while you're, while you're, right. your boat is being propelled by a motor. You can ethically so, recover the bird. Right. Sea ducks only. So sea ducks, you can kill them under power if they're, if, if you wound them. Um, the other people, what I just read, those guys were literally driving around from flock to flock trying to shoot them, which is actually called driving, um, driving ducks. So our thing is, here's an idea. Maybe not, not try to kill innocent animals right off the coast of a wildlife preserve. Just a thought is what he had wrote on the news thing. And it's still up. I mean, it's 140 clicks or likes or whatever. And then there was 180 comments and 17 shares on it. Um, I haven't gone into it at all. Um, and seen what anybody has wrote, but it's uh, pretty crazy. I can actually funny story is here. This is the most redneck thing I've ever <laughs> seen in New England. duck hunters setting up this stuff. Rival. Of a food sanctuary in Rhode Island. I'm gonna claim this one as a total bunch of fucking decoys there. Bunch of pathetic humans. In the morning, you go for a walk, and you just get pop, pop, pop. A 
bunch of douche canoes. Well, <laughs> no, that's a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a boat, and it's not a bird sanctuary. Oh my god, it's just crazy that people think that about us. You know, hey. Yeah, and they're you know, and they have a camera and they're chasing around the owls and stuff from tree to tree to tree as if that's not you know disturbing the animal. Well, Danny had talked about it before when we had first got to that spot. He's like, there, there's a snowy owl there. And they were literally the groups of people had scared it from one side of the island down to the other to the point that he went down on the beach to get away from the people. Right. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely okay. Whatever, man. Well, I'm glad that you won it, honestly, Dan, and, and that you had the experience of a lifetime. I hope. You know, Dennis had, came oh, up yeah. and had a great time. You know, it was definitely an experience for sure, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. We should have tried to have him on here. I know. I totally even forgot about it at first. Yeah. It's, he don't even know what podcasts are. <laughs> no, we tried. We signed him up for once. So hopefully he listens to it. Good old Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a ride. He's just your typical, you know, older guy. Just hunt, loves to hunt. Doesn't give a shit about anything media related. Don't no, nope. <laughs> no. And he's haunted everywhere and killed just about anything and everything. So it was yeah, cool how, for him how to big be was Ape he killed, he said, like 160-something. Yeah, it was an absolute giant. Yeah, that was a cool story. And the guy is lucky as hell. He wins everything, dude. I want to have him with me everywhere I go. He won- <laughs> right. So, long story short, so he ends up winning uh, a management hunt from uh, – I don't even know where he ended up. Sportsman's in North America or something. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if that's still a thing. But, no. yeah. So he wins this hunt, and he gets to go to Mexico to do a management eight-point hunt. And the eight-pointer that comes in is like 160-something inches. Just absolute bomber, dude. That'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> the, guy, the story is priceless. Um, yeah. But just a lucky guy. It was, it was cool to hang out with you two and have a great time, man. It was definitely, definitely awesome. Yeah, likewise. It was fun, man. It was fun. So, Dan, why don't you tell everybody, man, you're back here on the Outdoor Drive podcast. So why don't you tell everybody what drives you outdoors? Uh, last time you asked me this, I said a Subaru. This now it's a Ford. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you got it right here. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, realistically, man, it's just it's. I grew up in it, and I don't know any different. To be completely honest, uh, I just love going out there, whether it's deer hunting, duck hunting, squirrel hunting, whatever. Um, what shout out? Are you still doing the squirrel thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. January 1st, right? Yes. Yeah, it starts January 1st. Yep. Yeah, it's on like Donkey Kong. Um, I'll release this here. I'll release this right now real quick. Actually, no, finish up your thing, and then I'll tell you about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, man. It's just, like I said, it's something I've done my whole life. I don't know any different. Uh, Just enjoy it. I I, I know it's probably not a great answer, but it's just it's been my life forever. So that's a great answer. I don't know any different. Like that's completely honest. Uh, I just love it. Love being out there by yourself, like just you, your or with your buddies, and it's just you know nature. And as cliche as that is, just it is what it is. You know, you don't got to deal with all that extra bullshit and all that. All I'll say is, I wish there were more and more people in this world today that didn't know any better. (laughs) That's all they knew. It'd be a better place. Yeah, it would be. It would be. I think people are going back to that, though, honestly, growing up in it, you know, that whole food to plate kind of thing. is This next generation, like we've said so many times, this next generation is definitely going to hold to that and bring it back. Yeah. 
for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that stuff always, you know, everything swings up and down, up and down. And hopefully we're on the up now and we don't got to worry about, you know, more people taking, you know, fighting us for what we like to do. Mm-hmm. And it just well, we know like that we're going to. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we. Yeah. So I guess it depends, like what areas you're at. You know, there yeah. might be a concentration of individuals in them places, but uh, you know, it just takes like one time to go out. You know, go out into the woods and just see what real is. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's all it is. Uh, I'm, lo- I'm like, I'm look. I said earlier, the one guy at work, he's got into bow hunting or hunting in general. So it's been fun to kind of like take a step back and get out of like how into everything we are like it's you know we're so concentrated into like what we're doing at each specific time and he's asking the most random questions like you know what does a deer make like what sound does a deer make you know that's just common knowledge to us um you know how to hold a bow how to shoot a bow (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, you know that's the last thing a deer hears yeah you know what do you he's like what do i do after i after i shoot the deer i was like call me and don't go chase this thing through the woods mm-hmm. but you know like just the, the simplest things that we take for granted it's been cool to kind of take a step back and just have them ask all those questions um which has been it's been fun and i, I would suggest if you can like get anybody out there in the outdoors you know don't take them to your special spot but get them out there and just you know get them away from their phone get them away from society all this shit that we've been dealing with for the last two years like get them away for all that stuff and you know oak trees don't care who you are what you are the ground don't care. The water don't care. It's just you and, you know, Mother Nature, really. That's all it is. Don't, don't be a douche canoe. <laughs> yeah, and don't be a douche canoe. <laughs> yes, well said. Well, Trey, if you were going to drop something, what was it? Yeah, I guess I guess it's better no, no better time than here. But uh, so with the squirrel competition, and you can be the first one to hear this, uh, the first 50 entries of it gets a gator squirrel kill shirt. Yeah, I'm doing He had that oh shit like, look. Did he disconnect? No. <laughs> Didn't know what to but, say. <laughs> I'm trying but to no. figure out like, can I can I do this right now where we're on this little zoom thing? <laughs> yeah. I'm my computer up real quick. Yep. So, so that's that's, cool. that's the nice thing about it. yeah. So Gator is now donated for the first 50 entries. Uh it's gonna be a squirrel kill shirt. So who knows what it's coming up with Jordan Johnson from combination creative. We talked about it today and uh, they're going to get this thing going. So it's pretty cool. It's added to it. We got the mounts, the hundred dollar gift card to Gator, the Nor'easter game calls things. I mean, it's become what was once just kind of a fun thing. Literally it started as a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Who can shoot the biggest squirrel? And it was kind of me calling out other podcasters and like, Let's see what you boys can do. And then it turned into this big ordeal. So pretty excited for that, man. That's going to kick off. This thing's going to, this is going to release right before it. So you guys will know what you guys are getting yourselves into. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's going to be a blast, man. Getting it back to like when you're a kid, just walking around with a shotgun or 22. Yep. Just getting it done. Oh yeah. Maybe we'll do some uh, like squirrel related cooking stuff on Craving Wild too. That'd be cool. I, I'm waiting sure. on someone to put out a, the good recipes for uh, squirrel wings. Ooh. Oh, like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, you already know. Yeah. Yep. Buffalo squirrel wings are delicious. Yes. Buffalo hot legs or whatever, squirrel hot yeah, legs. Yeah, squirrel hot legs, I think yeah. is what they call them. Yeah. So well, you got to do that to... then, Danny. 
Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Well, I grew up, our family, we, we like, I started small game hunting, as probably a lot of us did when we were younger. Um, and squirrel pot pie we used to make, and it's so good. It's oh, so yeah. Good. We yeah. need the recipes, dude. Get the recipes going, bro. They need to know. I'll do, I'll do it. No problem. That's easy. That's just like dumping cans and some squirrels into a crock pot. Let her be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too easy. Uh, well, brother, before we let you go, where can everybody find you? Uh, so Instagram, I'm mostly on Instagram. My Facebook's connected to my Instagram, but I'm, I'm never on Facebook. I'm with you. Uh, yeah uh that's d smelt 18 it's like my personal and then uh craving dot wild i think it's dot craving wild something it's just craving wild um is where i do most of like the cooking stuff the hunting stuff and just kind of more kind of semi-live hunting when i get a chance to go out um and that's pretty much it the youtube's gonna be coming up um we're gonna get a website going here for craving wild and then uh you'll be able to catch most of the cooking videos over on wcb's platform uh YouTube. Outstanding. Well, we appreciate you jumping on. I'm glad you guys got to go out and have a good time. A uh, little bit sad that I didn't get to get up there to enjoy that one with you, but it was good getting the recap. So I appreciate it. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, even though I wasn't there, seeing that video was worth every bit of it. So I think it made the whole trip. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even there and it made the trip. Yep. <laughs> that, that was that was a blast. And I, I may even plug the audio in one more time on the end of this thing. Just have to wait and see because it's classic. <laughs> but uh, appreciate you again. And we've got many more things coming. You guys need to go and follow along. Check Dan out. And uh, there's going to be big things coming on his end. So y'all just stay tuned. And until then, guys, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.